Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And this week we are breaking down Season 3, Episode 12, Early Retirement. Early Retirement. We're going to find out how Not that holds up. Not early enough. <laughs> uh, I think Annie is already angry. Um, but we're going to find out about that. Uh, but first we're going to catch up with each other and our guest. We have a guest this time, uh, a very funny comedian. Um, he's written for MTV and Nickelodeon and all this stuff. He's got a game show. He's got a, uh, he's does comedy. He's done comedy for over a decade. Incredibly funny guy. Ari Findling. Hi, Ari. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, we won't get into the discussion of the episode quite yet, but I do want to apologize because I my memory of this episode was that it was a lot more exciting than it actually turned out to be. So I feel like I forced you to watch one of the more boring episodes. Um, I mean, this was my entire memory of MacGyver was <laughs> yeah. I remember it because I've seen it. Yeah. Not in a long time, but I remember it being so much more exciting. Yeah. And it was... Uh, not as exciting, but maybe little, the, I got just the bad draw of the episode. Got a bit of a plotting one, yeah. Um, and so what what would you say your background with MacGyver is? When did you last see this show? Oh, I was going to say, we grew up together. The, um, <laughs> you know. My background, I probably have not seen the show in 30 years, mm-hmm. the t- 25 to 30 years, somewhere in that range. My uh, uncle was obsessed with it. Hmm. And I remember when we would go over his house on Thanksgiving he was always watching MacGyver. It's like a weird thing. Like most people are watching parade football, but like (laughs) we'd get there and he's like, all right, I'm almost done and we can watch the parade. It was very weird. Like on VHS or like USA. I guess it had to have been. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the syndication deal of MacGyver was. I can't imagine they were showing it like a marathon on Thanksgiving day, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, just for your, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. So how are you? How's, how are things? Oh my God. I, I haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, I have to ask, uh, this series that you do, uh, on Instagram and TikTok, uh, the top three things that made my daughter cry this week is cracking me, my shit up every time I see it. Um, thank you. Is that getting traction or, uh, uh, cause it's, I don't know. I don't follow what is getting traction and what isn't, but it's very entertaining. It, well, I mean the, I guess the, the best comedy comes from, I like missed therapy one week and I like called my therapist <laughs> and was like, how do I, how do I like vent? Cause mm. he like couldn't reach it. And he was just like, why don't you just make a video about all the stuff that you're pissed you off about like your daughter. That week. <laughs> and it was like the first one went like really viral. Uh. And then it just like, it's such a repeatable, very easy thing mm-hmm. to like both. Ex- everything is true. Like nothing that's happened in this series is like, made up there's just like recalling them at certain times and it's just a very repeatable and i didn't think it was relatable i thought that my daughter was a psychopath (laughs) and it turns like that every single kid does every single one of these things every week so just for our listeners can you give like an example of maybe one that yeah like the other night my daughter got very upset that she had nipples and (laughs) like was just like in the bathtub, like just like literally trying to rip her nipples. Oh and wow. I'm like, how do I relate this to people? Yeah. This seems like a very niche idea. Yeah. And people are like, no, my, my kid does it all the time, hates his nipples. Wow. So it's a lot of it's a lot of that, but it's like put me into this like not that I, I tried to avoid being like a parent comedian because most Nathan, you've seen my act. Most yeah. of my act is about like my kids and my wife and stuff. But like 
my social media now is only feeding me parent stuff. So yeah. I'm like now like being forced into the, even if I didn't want to, mm -hmm. which I do, I like it. I like making that content. I'm like laser focused on right. everything they're feeding me as parent stuff. Yeah. And also if you want to, if you want to grow that audience on TikTok, especially it's like you do one thing now that do that again over and over and over again. Don't stray from that one little box we put you in. It's crazy that they're like, uh, Every social media company is now forcing us to like be pigeonholed into these like characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm just happy that mine is like not that far from myself. Like yeah. there are people who like change their voice and they're like doing like all these crazy things. I'm like, you have to live this life now. It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And coming up with a new character and a new idea for every goddamn video, right? Yeah. Hell, it's yeah. hell in our <laughs> Well, it's very entertaining. I enjoyed it a lot. And I'm sure like you must... I mean, this is going to sound like a daytime talk show interview question and I'm sorry for it, but like when yeah, your daughter's having a meltdown, are you just like men mentally taking notes the whole time? Always. Yeah. And not only that, like my wife is like a writer for the series now because she's always <laughs> like, this is really funny. Yeah. Makes and like sometimes like when I'm not there, she'll tell me stuff that she does yeah. to like include. Yeah. Cause it's just like, if you're not, if you really sit down and Annie, you don't have, you don't have, kids, right? I don't. Okay. I, it's like, if you sit down and analyze the stuff, like you'll be miserable. Like, cause it's just so in your face annoying. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't learn to laugh about it, then you're going to hate your life. And it's like, so I just leaned into that, which has kind of been my comedy philosophy all the time. It's like, right. most of my jokes are like anxieties that I have that if I can laugh about, they don't bother me anymore. Right. Well, that's great. I It's fun to talk to you about this stuff. We should probably get on to this uh, very boring episode that I made you watch. Um, uh, Annie usually reads out the IMDb summary for those who may have decided to skip it, but listen to this for some goddamn reason. Annie, do you want to give <laughs> us a description of what happened? Oh, I want nothing more. Okay, so <laughs> here is the quick summary of this episode. MacGyver's boss Pete oversees the disarming of a nuclear warhead. A deadly explosion at the disarming facility causes Pete to accept full responsibility for some reason and retire from the Phoenix Foundation. However, MacGyver soon suspects that the replacement for Pete is responsible for sabotaging the warhead. Yeah, sabotaging the warhead and uh, a little domestic terrorism um, and torture. There's a lot. There's a, a lot of, honestly, this is a more nuanced uh, episode of MacGyver. It, yeah, than I mean, the I fact that it seen. went slowly actually like allowed the story to play out in a way that made sense uh, as opposed to some of the other ones we've seen. But what was your first reaction, Ari, like to seeing this show? I mean, it, uh, the, the slowness was like a, um, Almost like I felt young again. Like it felt <laughs> like like reliving my because like you forget about how slow TV was back right. then, especially non uh, um, uh, multicam shoots. It's just like there's no pacing at all. Hmm. So there's just so much dead air that sometimes is filled by music, sometimes is not filled by music. It's like it's like twenty percent quicker than a daytime soap opera. But like, if sure. you showed a soap opera and MacGyver to aliens, I don't think they would be able to tell the difference because it's really close, especially this episode. Yeah. But this one felt like an important episode, right? Because of the, like, the, like has Pete retired multiple times? Like that felt like a pivotal point in that character. I don't know. Sure. No. What do you think, Annie? No, Pete has never <laughs> no. once stepped down. Uh, Pete 
as I have been saying since episode one, has been bad at his job this whole time. I'm just annoyed that we had to have a fake reason for him to lose yeah. his job when there are so many real ones that we have. He's, like, he's he failed upwards this whole show. Legitimately, yeah. like a just a piece of shit and just bad at his job. And so I, the fact that we have him being like the hero and, and stepping back into, into the fold is very annoying to me, but no, this is the first time Pete has accepted responsibility for the many, many mistakes that he has made. I mean, he was very quick to yeah. accept responsibility, like almost too quick where like, I knew it wasn't this, like this was the three dimensional chess was like that he was actually behind it. But I was like, there's no way that he could do it and be and accept it. Like he was so quick to respond. Yeah. It's crazy. And he and MacGyver always do the right thing. The two of them always. Like they there's that's one but rule like, of the show. But like he didn't even have the information at that no. point. So like he did, <laughs> didn't know what happened. He didn't know what went wrong. He didn't even know whether it was his fault. And yeah. he said, it's yeah. my fault. Sorry. What I liked yeah. about this one was this is basically a carbon copy of one we had a couple of episodes ago where uh, called The Widowmaker where, uh, where MacGyver... Um, basically feels responsible for a friend of his, this female friend of his who's a climber. He watches her rope break and she plummets to her death off of a cliff face. And then he goes into the woods and pouts for like nine tenths of the episode um, because he feels, you know, like it's all his fault. And that's essentially just pivoted that entire storyline straight into Pete and said, Pete feels like he's responsible and he's going to, but I felt like this one was like actually a little more realistic in like Pete's reactions to things where like, like MacGyver literally just sulked at a cabin in the woods and didn't want to talk to anybody and was like a real like emo about it. Whereas Pete was like, I'm going to go fishing for like a, a couple of days and blow off some steam. And like, it was actually like a little more of a realistic human kind of like, oh, I resigned. So I'm going to like get some sun or whatever, you know? I mean, MacGyver really missed him though. He was like, yeah. it's not the same without you. I'm like, it's been two days. Yeah. It's like Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Dude. Like chill. And then yeah. it's after we had to endure a hockey scene between the two of them that lasted <laughs> roughly four years. Like how long did we have to see them playing hockey? I mean, Annie, I don't know about the relationship you have with your boss at your day job, but yeah. like... <laughs> I do. I play hockey. I about to said I do hockey. I play <laughs> hockey all the time. Yeah. With my boss. That's how you know, I don't know you how play you... hockey. When you say I do hockey. That's I like do a hockey. Real... Yeah, I do hockey. That's how you skate off stress. <laughs> that's what they said in this. Uh, I, one thing I found in the IMDb trivia, which I thought was really funny the way it was worded was, quote, this is like under the little trivia, quote, the stunt double for Pete at the hockey rink is noticeably thinner than Pete. <laughs> So, that, okay, so I didn't catch that. I assumed that the, if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with the Kevin Costner um, uh, for Love of the Game IMDb trivia. It's the single greatest IMDb trivia in the history of IMDb trivia. So I'll huh. get there in a second. Yeah. But like, I assume that the guy who plays MacGyver just like was like, I'm a good hockey player. We got to find a way to like yes. wedge it into That's the episode. That's a thousand percent the case. Yeah. Yes. Right. Richard okay. Dean Anderson okay. plays hockey. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that I, I'm on that. But so the the Kevin Costner for the love of the game, uh, if you can pull it up because it's even funnier <laughs> than I'm I'm giving it credit for. Yeah. But basically, like it's a baseball movie, and he demanded to shoot a full frontal nudity scene of just himself <laughs> getting out of the shower. And the producers were like, they shot it. And the producers were like, we're not putting this in the movie. It is making all the test audiences so uncomfortable. And Kevin Costner was like, I'm going to walk, okay? Wow. And it's like, there's no reason for it to be in this movie. Much like the hockey scene, it does nothing. Yeah. 
I wow. wish I could say this is the first hockey scene we've seen in MacGyver. This is definitely at least, what, the second or third? Second or third, maybe. Yeah, at least. Yeah. He's just a Minnesota boy who likes to play hockey and uh, wedges it in. It's, it was particularly funny during the episodes that were set in L.A. Because it was like, who fucking <laughs> skates in L.A.? But right. Now they're just in a Pacific Northwest you know, who knows where they're filming it in Vancouver, but who the hell knows? It's also like, is your, like, are you not getting enough adrenaline at your job disarming <laughs> nuclear missiles right. that after work, post work, this isn't even a Saturday. This yeah. is like 8 p.m. on a Wednesday. You're going to an empty ice arena <laughs> yeah. to do a one-on-one -on -one shootout. Yeah, this is instead of happy hour, this is what they're doing, which well, is also, unfathomable. Pete, Pete makes like three great saves and then is, tries to get up and falls straight on his ass, like cannot stand on skates, <laughs> which seems a little inconsistent. But I also love, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how much you remember about the whole like world of MacGyver, Ari, but like this Phoenix Foundation thing that MacGyver works for and Pete is the boss of is like a nebulous organization that just like, we can assign it any do-gooder thing we possibly want. It's espionage, it's charity, it's whatever we want it to be. And this is a new like pinnacle of like, the Pentagon has a bunch of nukes they need to disarm. I guess that's now a Phoenix Foundation responsibility. Like literally yeah. one episode ago, they were like, they were trying to contain a deadly virus. And now it's this, you know, it's, they just do everything. <laughs> It's the real Amazon of uh, think tanks, but it's like it's yeah. also like they they're giving they're giving these they're giving the Phoenix Foundation the opportunity to disarm these bombs, and they're like, we, we it took three months for us to learn how to. It's right. like three months to disarm a nuclear warhead. That's all it takes. Three yeah. months. That's yeah. like a master class. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you'd think that like maybe the Pentagon would have some people on staff who would know how to do it better than this like <laughs> spread no, to an organization. The suits that they're wearing, like forget about a nuclear uh, blast. Yeah. Those wouldn't stop COVID. I mean, they right. were like pure, <laughs> like <laughs> plastic suits. Oh, I do love when the fire breaks out. The very first thing MacGyver does is run down the stairs and put out the fire on the guy without like testing to see if there's a leak or putting any kind of suit on himself. He just like runs into a potentially nuclear radiated <laughs> room. But like, do you think like you're both writers, you're both comedians. Do you think at any point in that writer's room, someone said, do you think it's weird that we're having MacGyver go down in there maskless <laughs> without any kind of protection? Like that didn't bump anyone in right. the room. I mean, the things we have seen on this show, like the inconsistencies <laughs> and the insane things that we are supposed to believe each week that a MacGyver is an expert in, right? Like he can go on a mountaintop and rescue eagles. He can go um, <laughs> solve a nuclear reactor leak. He is involved uh, in breaking someone out of prison for some reason. Like they just sent this guy to anything at no point in the writer's room. Do I think they, there was any discussion of like, would this be, would this happen? Because <laughs> Yeah, you just suspend the disbelief and you're just like, he's capable of anything. He can yeah. do anything. Now, to play devil's advocate for a second, like Hollywood has gotten very rich in the last 10 years off of essentially the same thing. It's just that we, we've we painted it as a fantasy and said, these people have superpowers. So they can do literally anything because they have superpowers. The, the weird thing is they've tried to ground this in reality, right? <laughs> like we would buy a superhero who had like like high intelligence and like, and had a, the superpower of being able to like pick up any skill, right? Like if we had that, we wouldn't 
blink at it. It's just the fact that it, they're trying to say, this is a real guy just like your dad. <laughs> yeah, but you've never seen Spider-Man play hockey. Maybe. So it's like... <laughs> if he did, he'd be great they, at once it. They, once they play hockey, you can't remove... I'll tell you one thing that uh, uh, um, MacGyver is particularly bad at, painting. I mean, oh, he yes. could That's true. barely paint. <laughs> He's like, you do the honors. And it was yeah. just a vaguely paint over the word. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I forget what the word was, but there's a giant word on the side of a missile saying active or something. And he takes a yeah. bucket of paint and a white paintbrush and yeah, just slaps it on. He would get cut after the first day of like yeah. a summer painting job. <laughs> like like for sure. Yeah. It is like weird that they do that. And I like, you would think it'd be like orange paint with a line through it or something, but it was like, he was trying to cover it up with primer. <laughs> No, it literally looked like it was the and the rollers that you yeah. would just use to paint your child's bedroom, oh you God. know, and that's yeah. what they're using on a missile. I love this whole thing. I love the set design. I love the fact that it's like all these very like obviously like paper mache plasticky kind of like nuclear weapons. And I love the fact that they've put like Pete up in this little booth, which in like a plexiglass booth, which if there's any kind of nuclear event is not going to protect him at all. Um, and the fact that like Pete is Pete is also like our exposition man in the show. He just explains to death everything we need to know. And at least in this episode, we get to watch MacGyver fiddle with some knobs and there's some tension involved in that while he does it. Like while he mansplains to a CIA guy what he's doing. <laughs> Usually he's talking to MacGyver, telling him something he already knows. Yeah, I mean, that was like the, like the, the narration. Yeah. I understand him, narr Pete, narrating to the, the other guy in the booth. Sure. But the fact that it, the, there was like an audio change and MacGyver is hearing all, it's like, it's basically <laughs> like what he's, it's like all the things you're not, shouldn't do right now, MacGyver, I'm yeah. saying into your ear. It's right. like, Pete. Fucking chill, Shut up. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get this literal firing pin out of a nuclear weapon, and you're in my ear telling me how dangerous it is. <laughs> oh, God. I, uh, I, so there's another plot line where this, uh, this dignitary comes to town, and there's a, a plot to kill him. I love when people, I love when a TV show makes up a country name. This one was the Republic of S Sambaca. That's, I think, what they came up with. Love it. Love it. it. Love it. Where what what continent do you think it's, <laughs> it's gotta be gotta be Africa, right? I was gonna say South America. Okay. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I kind of thought South America based on the costume, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, that the um, leader was wearing. But yeah. I mean, at least we have a one episode break from like a horrific, like actual stereotype from a nation that we've right. seen on this show. So like the fake countries, I'm. He kind of ends up being the. Like, well, he's like very pro-American by the end, which is very funny. But he's like, yeah. he's like one line at the end about what, how great America is. Also, you don't see a lot of foreign dignitaries arriving via train. That's a thing you don't see yeah. very often. It and seems that was... like a very easy way to plot where someone's going to go in and <laughs> yeah. murder them yeah. if you just follow the train tracks. Not only that, the the whoever these like guys were, these like ex-DSX agents or whatever they are, happened to have a train in a train car, like pretty much the second they found out that this guy was coming by train. Uh, speaking of DSX, DXS, that is like the Phoenix Foundation in its earlier in in incarnation used to be like, a bit of a like hit squad, like um, espionage, Cold War thing. And as season one progressed into something a little more like do-gooder, the, the name changed to Phoenix Foundation. But anytime they reference DSX in this show, they get it like backwards. They It's like the whole show does not give a fuck whether it's DSX or DXS. 
And so actors and computer screens and logos are all not matching one another. And I'm sick. I'm only saying it on the podcast now because I'm sick of seeing it in the trivia notes for like every episode that mentions this organization that nobody, there's no continuity at all in this show about what the hell so we're just establishing that we don't care what the name we of do this not thing give is a shit. they that don't the care and we don't care nope. it does not matter <laughs> in any way pretty great pretty you great. gotta you gotta love a good pivot from a, a, a like a seal team six just saying hey you know what we're gonna start uh, volunteering at the soup kitchens now. <laughs> right. Just like a right. hard pivot. Yeah. Like, and like, they were they were very okay. careful whenever they sent MacGyver like into East Germany to get some microfiche out or whatever. They were very very careful to like in the narration tell you this is for peace. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so funny. But I, that's one of the things that's interesting about this episode to me is like the Cold War like. Uh, coming out of the Cold War and like really everybody wanting world peace and the idea of it being like as simple as just like we're nations working together to disarm bombs. And it's also simplistic uh, and innocent. This whole like, you know, the politics of this episode are so simplistic. Well, especially Pete's right, because Pete was like supposed to be the like, let's give this guy a chance um, guy as opposed to his uh, colleague who is trying to take his job. Um, right. Who. I, yeah, I found that relationship disgusting between him and uh, Nikki. That was the grossest office romance I've ever seen. Yeah, so we have this smarmy guy who takes Pete's position, basically sets Pete up for for resigning and then takes his position so that he can get close to this dignitary and kill him. And he's also dating uh, Nikki, who's like a, a character that's roughly in the show now. On a regular basis? Yeah, we'll uh, say she's vaguely yeah, and in the she, show. And he's just very gross. He has that line about, I hate to have her leave, but I love watching her go. <laughs> oh, I mean, just like my blood, I like curdled hearing it. And I like, I knew I would hear some of that stuff, but yeah. it, it felt so much worse than I thought it would be. That was, I was surprised that they, they said that line outright. I, that right. even took took me by surprise having seen a bunch of this episode but even before that when she comes into the office and he's like you want to come over later and she's like no that would be three times this week and that's it <laughs> right. like that's the only but they couldn't say sex so they said dinner and it's yeah. like yeah or that were like people were like does she not eat dinner like i feel like three times a week is okay yeah. And yeah, it, and, I mean, the only thing that he could really get away with is like her, him nibbling her ear or something, which is very gross. And then he has that whole thing where he's like trying to be cute with the indigenous art artifact that's in his office. And it really comes across sounding very racist. Um, it was a shrunken head. It was yeah, You racist. can't trust the guy. It's, that's a telltale. That's the, yeah, yeah. the, the uh, Chekhov's gun. You yeah. can't trust the guy. Sure. With a shrunken head in his office. Yeah. That guy's no up to no good. <laughs> right, right. Um, then we uh, obviously get like, we get the MacGyverism of him like pulling the train thing out and put, like pumping fog into the train to drive out the bad guys and um, lots of running around and fighting in a train yard at night. Um, that was kind of the culmination. But the real fun part about this whole last scene is the fact that Pete gets to fight. Um, or I should say, Pete and a very dark version of his stunt double get to fight uh, in a train yard. What did we think of this climax? I mean, they just didn't care. Like the stunt doubles, <laughs> like I think back then, like now, like if you see, like I've, I've, I've like walked up on some sets in New York City and seen some, like I, I remember seeing Chris Hemsworth stunt double and like to the naked eye, this is the same person. Yeah. But like at that time in television, 
there was no funding for stunt doubles. I mean, they were like forgetting about different heights, different weights, different ages, different yeah. races. I mean, they did not yeah. even care. Yeah. And honestly, it was great. I loved every <laughs> single second. Like nothing is funnier than like a totally different person taking a punch. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's just a, a new guy and we're just, we're rolling with it. And Richard Dean Anderson does his, own stunts for the most part in the show. A right? lot of them, yeah. Of Although, yeah. I mean, this is what a nerd I am. I have seen a few like interviews with like him hanging out with his stunt double or whatever, and his stunt double is like looks very much like him, has the same haircut and everything. He's just a little skinnier. He's a little wirier, um, but he does a lot of the like falling down hills and you know blowing up you know explosions and stuff. And now that I know like that I know that I can tell the difference now, which is very nerdy. Um, but I loved the moment when like like Pete, the guy who plays Pete, is like categorically out of shape he's just and it's okay it's okay to admit that but to put him in an action scene and then to have him be against this like very fit guy and then you cut to this wide shot of a guy who looks kind of like pete just barreling down this alleyway and like overtaking this like in shape guy uh it just cracked my shit up i was like that guy couldn't move that fast if you lit his ass on fire <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean we have seen this character be injured be mm -hmm. like unable to perform basic physical yeah tasks. he's kind of a boob yeah like that's kind of his thing and yeah. and i like when they lean into that actually when yeah. they sort of um they make a point of having him like oh he's he's fallen down and he's got a broken leg. So now we need to have him like laying down for the episode. Right. Like that stuff kind of works where we make him the butt of the joke, having him like knock this guy out and then wheel him in a cart up at the end is just yeah. like, oh, in the what? same episode as the episode where he couldn't stay on two skates for more than two seconds because yeah, he fell on right. his bum bum. That's the thing is when they put him in the two the two in the same episode, it's like, come on, is he an idiot doofus or is he does he have physical prowess? You know. And you can tell the the like the instinct was to be like, okay, we've like knocked this guy down, we've we've you know fired him from his job, we want him to have this like right. heroic moment at the end, right. but it just made no sense. Which, to me. by the way, the heroic moment was when you know he calls him old and soft. And he's like old and soft, and he comes back and punch, 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 punches the guy out, um, and then and then when he wheels the cart up with the unconscious man in it, two things uh, are noticeable at that point. One, he says the line, "Maybe I am getting too old for this stuff," and I oh, thought, yeah. "All right, now I got to look up a date." <laughs> and it's you think it was pre-lethal weapon or post-lethal weapon? I looked it up. <laughs> of course, it was post because this show steals. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> So Lethal Weapon came out in March of 87. This we're looking at is January of 88. So it's right on the national consciousness, that line. Uh, Wait, but hold but hold on. January, <laughs> you're saying two months, right? Mar no, March of 87 versus January of 88. So like almost a it's full a year. It's a year later. So. A little less than a year. Yeah. Well, let's back into it though. Yeah. <laughs> we got to read our production schedules. We got production schedules. No, I'm talking release dates. Time. I'm talking release dates, yeah. I I think it's I think it's <laughs> it's parallel maybe thinking. Close. Okay. Yeah, why not? I think a writer saw Lethal Weapon in the cinema and then came out went right into the writers room and put it in the script. I would love to know how far ahead they finish the scripts before they shoot them. Because know, having watched right. this show, yeah. it's the morning of. Yeah, yeah. I think they're still writing the script. That's how. <laughs> that's how much I think it's not done. I. They don't seem. Not only was there misogyny, there was a really great, uh, uh, not great, a really horrible <laughs> like. 
I don't know if you caught this or maybe I, he was like, you could pray to God or Allah. Allah, like, Allah is God. Yeah. Allah, Allah is God. It means the it same like, thing. Same thing. So yeah, probably not, so probably not South America now that I think about it. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot yeah. about it. Well, I mean, I don't know what Muslim. We're all wrong. Uh, maybe. Maybe it's well, Middle East. I, could be Middle East. But again, the train is just really divisive. <laughs> like how is it? I, I was actually, that tripped me up a little bit. I just wanted to know what city we were supposed to be in because mm -hmm. they roll into a train station that kind of looks like it might be one of the Grand Central entrances. And I'm mm -hmm. like, but they're not in New York. Right. Are they in DC? It makes no sense for all of this to be going on in the Pacific Northwest. It just, right. it was distracting to me. Yeah, yeah. They got that guy um, to come back from, I don't remember the character's name, but he's like, uh, what was so important? You couldn't, Talk to me over the phone. The flight was long from uh, England. Yeah, and it's he's like, in London. Then they proceed to have an open conversation on the street. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is way less secure. Yeah, it's not right. even close to as secure. It's the definition of out in the open. Yeah, if you're yeah. doing espionage. Yeah. Um, oh, the, so the second thing when Pete comes up with the cart full of a, uh, an unconscious man is the makeup job that we have on Pete, which is uh, like someone put a golf ball underneath his like, like the right side of his lip. And it is... Coming on the heels of the previous episode, which uh, Annie and I had a full-on, just absolute nervous breakdown over, just to catch you up a little, and a woman dies because uh, the vi this virus escapes the lab, and and it ages her very rapidly so that over the course of five minutes, she becomes like a 105-year-old woman and dies, like in five minutes. And the makeup job wow. on that was hilarious. It was like a plastic mask monster thing that didn't look like a human being at all. It just looked like a, I'll send you a picture of it. It's really insane. Um, and I gotta say, what's going on with the makeup person at this fucking show this season? Because the very next episode, someone was like, let's give Pete a fat lip. And then someone decided that like a golf ball under his lip was a an acceptable it looks so in there's nothing realistic about it there's also nothing appropriate about it given what he's just been through i, I don't know did that stick out to you guys oh 100 percent. it was the only i didn't i have no idea what the dialogue was because yeah. i was just staring at i thought that he had like uh tobacco in his yeah. mouth like he was just like i need i need a little pick me up yeah. here it maybe it was you ever go to like a i don't know if they have them in vermont but they have them in new york they have like barbershop schools where you can like yeah go to get your hair cut by somebody learning to cut your hair. Mm -hmm. And it's yes. like basically free because they <laughs> yeah. ruin your hair. Yeah. And maybe it was like that. Maybe it was yeah. just like, oh, we're teaching this person how to do special effects <laughs> right. and makeup. Right. And we're just going to let them try on this network television. Yeah. 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 Because that's kind of what happens on like student films and stuff, right? It's like... They've yeah. never done a movie before. Dental they, school yeah. too. You can go to the dentist <laughs> yeah. for like a, somebody learning how to be a dentist. But yeah, I think whoever was doing this makeup was just having a really good time fucking with everybody because yeah. <laughs> between last time with that mask that was horrific and this, yeah. it's like this has to be a joke. Yeah. Like someone has like for once I would like an episode of MacGyver to not feel like a high school play level of uh, professionalism, but yeah. we're not there yet. <laughs> not quite. I, I wish that it was, I wish that writers had this kind of foresight into like, what if we just like made a joke? Like what if the whole show <laughs> yeah. was a joke? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I don't like, I don't think I could pass that in any writer's room that I've been in. Yeah. But like imagine the level of commitment where they're just like, we know none of this makes sense. We know it's ridiculous. It's funny to us. Yeah. Like I would love, 
I don't know. Have you ever like tried to get a writer of the show on the show to see like <laughs> what their mind was? I think we're kind of scared for. Uh, we are. I mean, there's a lot of. We have talked to some of the child actors that have been on the show. Um, a lot of the writers are no longer with us. <laughs> um, but there's also um, the the guy who sold the character who didn't really have much to do uh, after the first episode. He like, but basically like took his check and went still has like the rights to the character and is doing mm -hmm. like, has done like comic books and like board games and stuff. And is, I think now producing a musical may even listen to this podcast. I don't know. Um, Cause it does seem like he's kind of like coming back out of the woodwork with an Instagram account and stuff. Um, and, and there's also Henry Winkler who's like, uh, I totally uh, forgot about <laughs> executive that. producer yeah, that's, who I would I mean, that's die to have on this I podcast. I really have some <laughs> questions for regarding yeah. this. Cause this was the first major show that he produced. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe when we get a little more, uh, maybe we get into season four or five, we'll get a little more brave for asking people. Oh, but, well, I got uh, news for you. Henry, yeah. <laughs> he's here. <laughs> He's always fishing. I mean, he is always. I don't know if you want to follow him on social media. The guy never stops fishing. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. A uh, little trivia about the episode. Uh, we have a recycled actor count on this uh, podcast because uh, this is back in the day when they absolutely did not give a shit. Nobody was like DVRing this shit. So they could get away with like using an actor the three or four or five episodes later as a totally different character in a different costume and give him a different name and use them again. So um, this happens a lot in this show. Uh, what I'm fi finding, we're up to a recycled actor count of four. There's been four actors so far in this show, in this season, who have been like, who have come back that we've seen in previous seasons or episodes. Um, but what's happening now is that we're seeing a lot of people who will eventually come back. They're making their first appearance in season three, but in seasons four, five, six, seven, they're going to end up coming back as different characters and stuff. So this Matt Weber guy, this like sleazeball bad guy, we're going to see him two more times in MacGyver as two different other characters. <laughs> I know the look you just gave me. I mean, that is insane. Like I could, yeah. I could imagine like one of the guys carrying the boxes yeah, right. from that. But no, like the main, main characters. characters. Main characters yeah. We're talking yeah, like yeah. full on guest stars, yeah, yeah. Um, just recycled as different characters. And then uh, oh. Sam, Sam, the, the, the nice, uh, aw shucks, bald guard that lets MacGyver in despite absolutely no credentials or permission. Um, we'll come back four more times as two other characters. <laughs> He's going to come back Love as a that. priest and then he's going to come back three more times as a cop detective guy, apparently. Um, I mean, I'm very scared for what his responsibilities are as a priest. Yeah. If he literally, he was a single guy right. keeping track of a nuclear warhead. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, you could make a case that there's like a canon thing that he got fired from that and became a priest and then. Yeah, fell back I mean, into law there's a such thing as a late in life priest, right? Yeah. Somebody who like fucked it all up and then tries to redeem yeah. themselves through. I think that's the cloth. a Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah, Is that, I mean, I'm pretty sure. The end. It ends with Pete deciding to go back to school for karate and uh, throwing a few moves down, and it and it makes MacGyver laugh in a way that makes me think it made Richard Dean Anderson laugh, and they were like, "That's it. That's the freeze frame at the end of the episode." <laughs> like he wasn't acting; he was just laughing at the guy who plays Pete trying to do a karate move. Have either of you done karate? <laughs> uh, I no. did like like a, a year of Taekwondo when I was a kid. Do you recall like what you would wear underneath your Taekwondo uh, gi? Or I just remember nothing on top and like what boxers on the bottom or something, right? Probably. Yeah, but definitely a not kid. a collared shirt and <laughs> cardigan, right? Well, he does just put it on at his desk as a like means of displaying it. I don't think he's like 
actually going to go practice right then. But uh, I don't know. It's like from what you described about Pete, he yeah. seems like a guy who'd be like, oh, I forgot to take my cardigan off. You know? Yes. And I am just furious that this is the second sports costume we've had to yeah. see him wear this episode i think they call them uniforms but you know he's the guy at the karate class where the instructor has to keep going pete are you still with us are you breathing a little heavy you know <laughs> like he's... i don't know there's a karate um center that i walk past it's like basically located under the bqe and i see a lot of dudes who look like pete yeah. in there all yeah. the time i think it's more <laughs> i think he actually fits in in that world uh, you know, they all got beaten up by international spies and they're not going to take it anymore. Also, his 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 wounds healed very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that golf yeah. ball went um, down fast. Oh, were you Real expecting fast. some kind of continuity there? No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love how like those terrible continuity errors, like I, I didn't catch enough of them in this episode. I don't know if there were more, but like they make me so happy because every time I've been on a script, like people on a, on a, a uh, a set like people are so anal about right. continuity and it just is like either they had the worst script supervisor in the history of the writers guild mm. or they just didn't care yeah yeah i mean and for what i do too i edit um like news stories on public radio and we are over every single word is this confusing do people understand this is this confusing do we have to go back like and reset this point da, da, da. it's like the idea that they're just throwing things out there with no um regard for that it's uh very funny it's great i i i think it's just a matter of lower standards uh in the 80s and 90s in general but also it was an absolute disposable cycle TV, you know, and it was 22 episodes per season, which is an insane schedule to try to keep up um, for an hour long television show, um, especially when there's action scenes and all sorts of stuff going on. And I think they just you have to set your priorities right in those scenarios. And if they had given them an eight episode season on HBO, they could be real anal about everything. Right. But like 22 episodes on a network TV show in the eighties, they're like fucking we're, we're recording this on tape. It's not even film, burn it and move on, you know? Right. Yeah. And the idea that someone would like binge multiple episodes in one sitting was just yeah. like not a concept no um, for this yeah. show at this time. I'm wondering if it gets better in later seasons. Cause it, by the time we get into our early nineties, mid nineties, people have like, they're, they're recording stuff off of TV on VHS cassette and stuff, right? Like, and watching them over and I over. I think you know the answer. I mean, I think you know the answer. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're asking the question. Right. You know, of right. course it doesn't get better. No way. It gets oh, oh, that question. I thought you meant are people recording stuff in the mid nineties. You're oh, saying. Oh no, of no. course <laughs> not. But they don't give, they don't give a shit. The yeah. execs at the, right, at the right. network, they're, yeah. like, they're, they're playing fast and loose. They're like, if we can do cares? 30 episodes a season, we'll do it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. Uh, is there anything else any, uh, that I missed that you guys wanted to talk about? Yeah, no, I, I liked that Nikki was like, I almost fell for his <laughs> tricks. And it's like, no, you fully fell for his tricks. Yeah. She that's got bad taste in men. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. She gets burned. Oh, I was thinking the thing I wrote down and I have you ever heard in your normal life the word fuselage ever? <laughs> no. Um, I mean... Yeah. My grandfather was a pilot in World War II and my dad was very obsessed with that. And I grew up with airplane wallpaper. And so, yeah, I've heard that word. But why? Got it. <laughs> because like you only hear it 
it's like a it's another like ch- uh, uh, Chekhov's gun thing where it's like right. if they're referring to a refusal lodge, something bad is about to happen. Like <laughs> I've tried to think every time I've heard it, and it's like in Lost or in all these like natural disaster like sure. movies. It's like it's never like. Hey, the fuselage is is super intact. <laughs> yeah, like it's never like, right. and I've never heard it like in my right. everyday life. If they're life. mentioning yeah. a very specific piece of mechanical equipment, that yeah. piece of right. equipment is going to fail. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Yeah, I, I I think the whole everything blowing up scene was really fun. You know, it's always fun to light some people on fire and go running around in a you know in a, what is in what is very clearly a soundstage. You know, <laughs> right. I wish to a certain extent that there was. Because there are jokes in this script Mm -hmm. and they just don't land because you can't tell if they're jokes or bad (laughs) writing. That's correct. Like the last or not the last scene, but when they're when Pete and MacGyver like hacking into the computer and Pete's password is is agenda. It's that's such a funny joke. Yeah. But you don't know whether or not Pete is just stupid (laughs) and you don't. Or whether the writers are just lazy. Yeah. So it's this like, is what I'm saying earlier. Like when they lean into Pete being dumb and they actually make a joke out of it, it's great. Yeah. But when it's just like he happens to be stupid, like I don't know how to feel. But like it is, they have sort of painted themselves into a corner here because Pete is also established as MacGyver's best friend, his confidant, the guy who sends a helicopter to save him, like, and the person that he trusts the most. And he's in charge of the shit that, like, he's the one who sends MacGyver into dangerous situations. So if he's made to be, like, made out to be a complete boob, then it makes no sense that this super smart hero guy would even trust this dude, right? So it has to be like a bumbling subtle thing it can't be like a, a real character trait right i i hope i mean i really <laughs> i really hope i think that if you cut macgyver this episode of macgyver from 43 minutes yeah. down to 22 minutes yes and you add a laugh track this is <laughs> this is funnier than just shoot me yeah. like it is a, a pretty decent comedy uh-huh yep Oh, God damn. Now you make me want to do I that. I think in general, <laughs> if we cut this show to 22 minutes, it's yeah. only getting better. Yeah. There's a guy in France who's very obsessed with MacGyver, the old school MacGyver, and has made a pretty killer trailer, like Hollywood style trailer with music and sound effects and fast cutting and everything for every single episode of this show. Um, oh, my God. And I, it's like MacGyver 86 or something. I can't remember what the name is. What is oh, Cyril. Here's, his name is Cyril. Um, and I don't know quite why he's like so obsessed with this one in this one show, but and why he puts so much effort. The amount of footage he's got to sort through and cut cut up and add all these cool music and sound effects. I'm like, I right, just because he's it. making his own cut. Like he yeah, is right. selecting his own scenes. He's not like scoring an music. existing promo. Like right. he is creating this from creating it like from a Hollywood scratch, right? trailer for no money for, for, whatsoever. No, presumably free. for no money. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Although, presumably <laughs> you're the only one watching it. I don't anything. know. I haven't seen the DVDs. Maybe they have it on the DVD. If you're, if you're listening to this, honestly, correct us and please write in and be like, yeah. I am making a lot. Yeah. Of money. I God, would I love so. nothing more <laughs> than to find that out. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So on a scale of one to 10, how would we rate this episode? Um, this episode's a four. Is it? I have no- <laughs> yeah. I have no other elaboration. It's yeah. Okay. It's slow. It's kind of boring. Um, okay. All right. That MacGyver doesn't even do that many like cool inventions. And That's tricks. true. There's a sort of dearth of MacGyverisms. Yeah, like I said, I remember this as being exciting because it had like a nuclear meltdown scene in it, and then I assigned it to Ari, and then realized as I was watching it a second time, wow, there's a lot of dead yeah, air in this one. Yeah, for a nuclear explosion, it's pretty boring. It's pretty which... boring. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give it a six and a half because I'm more charitable than you. Do you have a, an instinct, Ari? 
I mean, again, like I, I have not seen it in 25 years, yeah. but I'm gonna say like a hard eight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because like in my mind, and I, listen, I, I'm not trying to uh, book myself on a future episode, but like in my mind, yeah. this is every episode of my diet. Yeah, yeah. Like this is how I, exactly how I remember it. There's no deviation from my memory. Yeah. So like this, this is, I feel like what I signed up to do. I didn't think yeah. anything else would happen. Yeah, so yeah. I'd go a hard eight. Okay. So that's your, that's your baseline almost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure I will eat my words whenever I get some more exciting episodes. So something um, is yeah. an eight out of 10 for you. If it is just what you expected it would be like, that's yes. what it takes. Yep. Uh, if I go, like if I go to, uh, you know, subway and I get a, a, a yeah. sandwich and it's just fine. Yep. It's a 10 out of 10. It's just yeah. the best. You get on a Greyhound bus and it's the experience that you expect. That's going to be your like eight out of 10. Yeah. Well, it's like, for me, it's like, I got everything that I wanted. I wanted bad jokes. Yeah. I, I didn't want uh, like massage. Sexual harassment. Sexism, but like, <laughs> but you I, expected I, I, it. Of, expected I expected it. I expected it. Yeah, I expected it. Like I wanted plot lines that didn't make sense. Yeah. I wanted bad visual effects, sound effects that are seemingly misplaced placed for certain objects <laughs> like the gun the multiple guns they used like made no sense the sound effects it's a like, bunch of ADR rifle, that doesn't match yeah it's all yeah yeah and like I, I got everything that I wanted I didn't yeah. get a lot of excitement but it's sure. like I'm not watching 24 I'm watching <laughs> this yeah yeah I get it and I will invite you back because I know I want you to see a slightly more exciting episode of the show and I know that you're not going to watch it on your own <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, unless I call uh, Sven or whatever that guy's name is. Cyril, yeah. To, what, Cyril, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to remember. I can't remember Do my daughter's name. Do you think Cyril would like cut an episode for me that's only 22 minutes of the show that I, I can watch instead of the full one? Okay, look, if we had an actual really good following and a really great Patreon and a lot of money, if we had like Comtown money... <laughs> I would hire that guy to take five of our favorite episodes and turn them into 22 minute shows um, with or without a laugh track, because so many of these shows would be good. Like some of the ones with higher production value and like just too much dead air could be actually very entertaining at a ha at half the length. You know, I don't think you realize how you can find someone on Fiverr that will do this a hundred percent. That's correct. It's right. like 50 bucks. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. I'll chip in. Like, I'll give you 20. We yeah. just like, want to, you know, we want to be a union shop. We want to pay sure. people a living yeah, yeah. wage. You know, we don't right. want to use. But you know, the serial guy has all the footage already like on his solid state hard drive. So look, I'm, I'm, I'm so close to, you've talked me into it. Okay, I will great. email him. Great, great. Um, all right. Do you have anything to plug? People uh, should watch out for. Uh, yeah, I got a, a sketch show on Nickelodeon called Nick Shorts that nobody's watching. So <laughs> if you could watch that, that would be great. I'm sure they'd love uh, it that you're saying that. Oh, listen, uh, <laughs> we're not getting another season, so don't worry. Oh about no! It. Um, oh no! That's uh, okay. So are you enjoying uh, you it? Are you having fun doing it? It's it's done. It's wrapped. Uh, it's it wrapped. was great. It was a fun experience. Yeah, they yeah. let us write and direct it. So great. it's pretty hard to convince anyone to let you direct anything. Yeah. So um, it was fun. Um, great. But yeah, you can watch it on Nickelodeon or at Nickelodeon.com. Cool. And then, you know, my TikTok and Instagram, they call me Ari. Ari spelled A-H-R-I. Awesome. 
Great. What about you, Annie? You got anything coming up you want to? People can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle, Annie M. Russell. Um, and I don't usually plug this, but if people want to listen to um, StoryCorps uh, on Fridays on NPR and um, find our podcast feed, I have some um, episodes of that coming out that are going to be interesting. So. Awesome. I always like hearing episodes that you do of that. They're always great. Cool. Uh, I have nothing to plug. Um, I never do. I'm just running a goddamn <laughs> comedy club in the dead of summer. It's always great. Um, I love that we're all like half-assing this plug section. Um, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our website, themacgyverpod.com, and all our socials. It's all at the MacGyver Pod. And if you want to watch old episodes along with us, you can check them out on Paramount Plus or Amazon or even Pluto. Uh, next week, we'll be covering season three, episode 13, Thin Ice. I think it might be about hockey, Ari. Uh, take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends, friends are the, the adventures, adventures of life. life. Good night, everybody. Bye.